What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to Friday. I think we're going to start calling these Good News Fridays. I just want to, one day a week, let's just stop and look at wins and good news. Uh, so this is a prototype kind of program. We're doing it today. And with my record of short attention span, this may be the only Good News Friday we ever do. But uh, today, in the last hour of the program, we have some really great news. We're going to start with a very big win for life in a case that you probably haven't heard of um but something big has just been overturned now it's being challenged state by state so we will see but the people who are fighting it in these states same people i'll explain in 60 seconds all right what are you doing today what are you doing today to make sure the money you have worked hard to earn over the years doesn't lose all of its value uh, I have a story, uh, and maybe I should include this in today's good news. I disagree with it, but there is a story that uh, is out that says, you know, Glenn Beck and uh, who is it? Glenn Beck and Tucker Carlson are saying that the U.S. economy is going down and the U.S. dollar is going to lose its status. Well, that's not true. Okay. I'll give you all the details on that. I think it is true. If, you know, it's numbers, man. That's all it is. It's just numbers. Do the math. If the dollar falls, our economy is going to be in real trouble because all of this money is going to be released from central banks and it's going to be washing all over everywhere. So what are you going to do to protect your investments that you have may i suggest gold or silver i know this has sounded crazy for a long time but uh you know gold is up to uh, what uh, 2050 today i think somewhere in that area uh they say jp morgan chase says it's going to hit 2300 soon that that's that sounds pretty safe to me Right now, Goldline is having a sale on their real currency, gold. And they're giving you a free one ounce copper Mayflower round with every historic $5 coin you acquire. The $5 Indians and the old Liberty coins are the ones that I buy. They're sold in tubes and boxes of 20. I wish I wouldn't have lost them in that fishing accident on the lake, but I did. Goldline, find out today. Take advantage of the special. Call them 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. All right, you sick, twisted freak. Let's get right to some good news. Dr. Jeffrey uh, Barrows is with us. He is an amazing guy. He serves as the senior vice president of bioethics and public policy for Christian medical and dental associations. Uh, He is an obstetrician gynecologist. Uh, He is a guy who um, left, you know, daily practice to uh, work with MEI, which is Medical Educational International for Christian Medical and Dental Association. He was the director there for forever. Um, He founded later Grace Haven, uh, an organization assisting victims of domestic minor sex trafficking in Ohio. He served as the member of the Technical Working Group on Health and Human Trafficking under the Department of Health and Human Services. Um, He's an amazing guy, and he's ethical. 
And so when his state said, you have to do, I don't care if you're Christian or not, you have to assist people in suicide. He said no. And he and another doctor, I believe it was Dr. Lacey, um, took them to court. And by their side is somebody else who's going to be on the phone with us. It's um, Chris Shandevel. He is the Alliance Defending Freedom senior counsel. They won the case. You need to hear about it. Doctor and Chris, welcome to the program. Well, good morning, Glenn. Thank you for having me on. It's great to be with you this morning. Thank you. So, so um, doctor, tell me what you would have been or people like you would have been forced to do had this not been turned over. Well, I first need to slightly correct you in that okay. New Mexico is not my state. I actually live in Ohio, but I was part of CMDA, and we have many members, including Dr. Lacey, in New Mexico. Okay. And if this law had taken place and we had not filed the lawsuit with the help of ADF, our members would have been, first of all, required to tell their patients who they considered as being terminal, maybe having six months or less left to live, about the option of assisted suicide. And then, even if they personally disagreed with it, they were required to make an effective referral if that patient did request assisted suicide. So we're very thankful that the lawsuit uh, was successful in encouraging and getting the New Mexico legislature to change the law and the governor signed it into law. And uh, it's a it's, as you said, a very big win for our members there in New Mexico. I, I have to tell you, um, I mean, I, I don't understand why doctors can't have their own belief and say, no, you know what? I, I, I can't do that. I'm really sorry. But if you you know want to do that, you'll have to go to another doctor and you can find them. They're out there. Why you're required to, you know, name another doctor that they can go to when you so strongly religiously believe that it is wrong. And if I'm not mistaken, and I forgive me if I am, but I understand that you have a terminal illness that you've been battling. Is that true? Yes. Yes. Uh, A little over a year ago, I was given the diagnosis of stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I have made the point that if I lived in New Mexico, my doctor would have been required to tell me about assisted suicide at the same time of giving me that same diagnosis. And I can tell you, being in the patient's position, that would have been devastating to me. I mean, it's hard enough to hear the diagnosis of stage four cancer. And and you're wondering, all kinds of things are going through your mind. How long am I going to live? Uh, am I going to be able to beat this? And then to have the doctor go on and say, by the way, here is an option for you. You can go ahead and we'll help you kill yourself. That is that is totally the wrong thing to tell a patient at that time, much less make a physician or healthcare professional say that to a patient. So it's not just, though, about the, the, the medical um, profession is becoming, to me, extraordinarily frightening because... I'm a, you know, a student of history. I look back at what we're repeating and through eugenics and all of the things that happened here in America uh, and in Germany. Once you start to devalue life, 
once you start to say, hey, maybe we can kill the young and the elderly because they don't have a life worth living, it goes awry quickly. And so it's it, it is not just about that one patient that you don't have to help kill, um, but it is also, I hope, uh, drawing a line in the sand that says physicians first do no harm. Exactly. <clears throat> You're exactly right, Glenn, because we have lost the overall purpose of medicine, which for millennia has been to heal the patient, not to kill the patient, but to heal the patient. And if they suffer from a, a terminal disease, to help them uh, as much as possible to limit the suffering, to come alongside them, to support them, but never, ever should we be hastening that death. And this is exactly where medicine is going, unfortunately, across many areas of the country. So we're very thankful again for the help of ADF and for the uh, New Mexico legislature listening to this uh, lawsuit and recognizing the importance of, of, uh, of looking and accepting the conscientious rights of healthcare professionals. Chris Shandivel is um, senior counsel for uh, ADF. That's Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, you are fighting a battle just like this now in California, aren't you? We are. We are, Glenn. Thanks so much for having me on. So, so what we saw in New Mexico um, is actually it's very unique. Um, you know, oftentimes when when these laws are passed legalizing assisted suicide, uh, what we've seen in state after state is that. Um, the so-called safeguards that are supposed to be put in place yeah. um, and, and even protections for um, caution uh, beliefs. Um, number one, they, they don't last and they don't work. Uh, and so California is a really good example of that. So that when they first passed their law, they did put in um, so-called protections for medical professionals like Dr. Barrows. Uh, but it wasn't too long after that that they amended their law to take away those protections, thus prompting our lawsuit. So we're, we're really thrilled and excited uh, by what we saw happen in New Mexico. It, probably uh, one of the first, maybe the first times that we've seen a law like this get amended uh, in a positive direction. So we're really hopeful that not only are we going to start stemming the tide of this wave of legislation across the country, but that we might even be able to start uh, turning that tide as, as people learn more about what's actually at stake with these laws. Doesn't this also kind of bleed over into the push now to have all ad all doctors, no matter what their uh, their religious belief, they've got to uh, participate in some way or another in abortions? Absolutely. I, I think it's a part of this broader push to really weaponize the medical uh, profession to advance a radical, uh, a radical political agenda, whether that's with end-of-life issues, as we're discussing today, whether that's at the beginning of life uh, with uh, forced participation in abortion, uh, whether that's with um, sex change surgeries and, and all of the procedures that go along with that, that doctors are being now told that they have to participate in uh, as the price of practicing medicine. And what Dr. Barrows and the other doctors that we represent are, are standing up and saying is that, you know, the medical profession is supposed to be about helping and healing people. It's not supposed to be about hurting uh, and killing people uh, as this radical agenda proposes. And, and again, we're just thrilled that we're already starting to see victories on the ground like we saw in New Mexico. And, and we're very optimistic that as, as more people learn that that is 
that these laws are going to drive good, excellent doctors like Dr. Barrows um, out of the medical profession, um, that people are going to stand up and say, you know, we're not we're not going to allow that to happen here in America. So, Dr. Barrows, let me ask you, I, I'm so concerned at what's happening in Canada because they're just ahead of us. And they're already having physicians assist suicide for depressed teenagers. It's, it's crazy what's going on up there. Um, but it's not just the law uh, that is doing it. There is this push in medicine, especially at the the uh, the school level. Our universities uh, that are teaching our next doctors are discriminating on you know uh, gender care. If you disagree with any of this woke stuff, you're going to have a harder time getting in. So we're spoiling the next group of doctors that are going to replace you. Is there? Is there any battle, real significant battle and pushback to this stuff in the in education? Well, Glenn, you're you're again hitting a very important point. Not only has Canada crossed into the provision of assisted suicide to younger people, but they've also crossed the threshold into euthanasia, which is what we want to avoid here in the United States at all costs. But especially in regards to what you were talking about with Chris and training in OBGYN or for medical students. It's one thing for a practicing physician who has established themselves and they've got a practice to be able to refuse to engage in either assisted suicide or an abortion. It's quite another when you are a a senior medical student or a first-year resident in obstetrics and gynecology where you're being put in a position where you're told you have to assist in an abortion. And, and what student has the ability to understand my whole education could be threatened if I refuse? And this is what we're seeing happening more and more across the country in all kinds of medical education scenarios. And frankly, we're quite worried for our students and residents and yeah. trying to look for ways to be able to protect them. Yeah. Anything we can do to help you, let us know. Um, uh, Dr. Barrows, thank you for everything you've done and thanks for helping stand up and Congratulations and thanks to Dr. Lacey as well. And if you would like to help um, in this fight, ADFlegal.org. They could always use donations. ADFlegal.org. Find the thing that you're passionate about and go in deep. Help them stand against this real evil that is going to last a generation already. If we don't stop it, it's uh, it's just dark stuff ahead. ADL, uh, sorry, ADFlegal.org. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks. All right, here's another thing. Uh, on the medical front, on abortion, the soul of our nation lies in tatters. I'm going to be out. I'm going to um, Virginia in two weeks, I think. There is somebody that has just quietly started to do a movement of we need to renew our covenant with God. And I heard about it and I really want to be there um, because that's how we started. We coveted with God. We've broken all those covenants and we need to ask for forgiveness, pray and fast and recovenant with God um, and then get into his service. So, We're sitting here in tatters wondering, what are we going to do? Who are we going to vote for? Forget about the vote right now. What are we going to do to show compassion 
to help our fellow man, even if we disagree with them. Preborn, the ministry of preborn does this uh, by saving babies and mothers. The mothers of unplanned pregnancies, we meet them where they're at and shower them with God's love, the moms and the babies. It's way beyond the birth of the child. It's a couple of years after the birth. They're still helping the mom because these moms feel like they have no place to turn. We really could use your help just in helping us pay for the ultrasounds at abortions. There are uh, $28 a piece just to do one. We want to provide them free because somebody's coming in for abortion isn't going to say, yeah, give me an ultrasound. It's an extra 28 bucks. Um, We give it to them free, and there is a um, greater uh, chance, in fact, a far greater chance, that the mom actually decides not to have the abortion if she sees the ultrasound and hears the heartbeat. So can you help? Dial pound 250, say the keyword baby, pound 250, keyword baby, or visit preborn.com slash Beck. That's preborn.com slash Beck. Your love can save a life sponsored by preborn 10 seconds station id talking about love and compassion um i want to uh, tell you about aaron and uh, tiana elmer they are friends of mine uh, he has bipolar disorder unlike anything I've ever seen. He's attempted suicide. Um, he was a very high-functioning, very intelligent guy. Um, then he goes to college, and in the middle of it, uh, everything flips upside down, and he starts battling himself, mental illness. He meets um, a young girl over, um, I think, in Australia, And they fall in love. She, they want to get married. She's like, uh, I know everybody's telling me not to marry. In fact, she says one of the most offensive things people say to her all the time is, why did you ever marry him? You knew. He is dark, dark depression and then manic. Uh, And they have kids and they function. And it is hard. It is hard. And she became a psychiatric nurse practitioner to be able to not only help him, but help others as well. So she gives an incredible interview along with her husband. It's a very raw account of what it's like to be married to somebody diagnosed with a serious mental illness. And he also describes the mental illness from the sufferer's point of view. You'll be able to understand Somebody who's going through real depression, what they're feeling, he is very eloquent about it. She can then talk about it from the doctor's side, but also as a family member. What do you do? We didn't want to run any commercials. This commercial um, uh, non-interrupted, and we wanted to make sure that we got this to as many people as possible. It is really unbelievable. Here's a cut. So how long did it take you before, because I've been suicidal when I was younger, and it is a different world. I mean, it seems sane to you at the time. Insanity seems sane. And 
Um, and, and while you're in it, you just, you're searching for the problem. You know, it, it, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And as you exhaust all of those, you then arrive at it's me, which is horrible. Explain the difference between a parent dying and being depressed and the way you experience depression. Do they, do they at all fit hand yeah. in hand with I don't events? have the quote. I wish I had it on me, but I was recently reading C.S. Lewis's, uh, a, I forget the name of the title, on grief about losing mm-hmm. his wife and some of those feelings of being abandoned by God. And here's C.S. Lewis who wrote Mere Christianity, you know, had some great insights on on things. And he, his, his insight and the way he explains it and this couple, they are... They're spiritual giants. You need to meet them. It's on podcast now, blazetv.com slash Glenn, available tomorrow on my YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. The Glenn Beck Program. All right. The fateful day when somebody doesn't come home usually starts out like any other day. There's no foreshadowing, no scary music track following the person around one minute. The world is normal and the next minute... It's completely upside down. Ever since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping people that are caught in that position. When a veteran goes off to war, starts out as any other day, and then they're brought down, either die or catastrophically injured. It's tough. The people who are, are going out fight fires or to just be a cop. Would you want to be a cop today? They get shot. The phone call comes in to the wife or the, the spouse. And and then what? Tunnel to Towers takes care of those people. And they make sure they helped, helped 500 people last year alone with, um, with their home mortgages. Take that off the plate for the family. Please donate at T, the number 2T.org. T2T.org. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn and use the promo code STANDUP. You'll save 20 bucks. Mm. Should we play this, Stu? I don't know. It's a new spot. Uh, It's put out by the MAGA people. And uh, it's against Ron DeSantis. It's 30 seconds. Let me just play it real quick. Um, I just I, I would like all of us to remember Ronald Reagan's 11th commandment. Listen, here it is. Ron DeSantis loves sticking his fingers where they don't belong. And we're not just talking about pudding. DeSantis has his dirty fingers all over senior entitlements. Like cutting Medicare slashing social security even raising our retirement age tell ron DeSantis to keep his pudding fingers off our money oh and somebody get this man a spoon make america great again inc is responsible for the content I mean, of this advertising so much in that there's in that so 30 much. seconds i know and i've got a great pudding fingers joke uh right. that i could use but i'm not going to um but uh i please guys please the 11th commandment I mean, ha- look, has DeSantis participated in this at all? 
No, but he's not even in the race no, yet. I, no, I just, <laughs> I, 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 I just wish, I just wish Donald Trump would just do that, just that one thing. So one thing, don't that could have been done by a uh, a. Uh, I mean, a, a Democrat. hundred percent. hundred percent. That is what, that is the absolute, and to the, all the way to the policy concerns in right. the ad. I well, mean, I did, let's not get into it right now. It's a good news I, Friday, but I, I just, mm, I just would like to, mm-hmm. if we bifurcate, if we can't come together, I'm going to support Donald Trump. I'm going to support uh, uh, Ron DeSantis. I'm going to support Nikki Haley. I will support Lassie if Lassie becomes the candidate. Uh, we cannot tear each other apart. Can't. All right. Um, I've got some more good news for you. I saw an article from uh, Selena Zito. She, she is one of my favorite, favorite reporters because she's actually a journalist and she does it the old way. She actually, I don't think, Selena, you still don't fly anywhere, right? You drive. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I not only do I drive, I only take back roads. Right. Uh, because if you if you drive on a on a highway or a turnpike or an interstate, that's just like dry, That's just like flying in the sense that you miss everything. You're speeding right past. Okay, maybe you'll go to a chain a restaurant and a chain gas station, and you get back on the highway. You don't interact and right. meet and see and feel what's going on in the country. All right. So you wrote a uh, you wrote a a report. um, I think it was for the uh, examiner. um, And your story was stories of of dignity and grace are everywhere. We need to tell them more. Yeah. And you start talking about going into this small little town and listening to people's conversations. (laughs) Tell a story. Yeah, I have a bad habit of listening to people's <laughs> conversations, mainly because I love people watching no matter where I go, whether I'm sitting in a restaurant or sitting in a park or even taking a park. I love watching people. I love watching people interact. And there was this this couple, along with another gentleman, that were having a grand old time um, at this lobby bar in uh, Bedford, Pennsylvania, at the old Bedford Springs Hotel, which is a great historic hotel that goes all the way back to George Washington stayed there. And, uh, and, and my first impression was, geez, these guys must have been friends since high school. I mean, they are laughing and having so much fun. And, 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 and their conversation was all over the place. And even when it went uh, throughout politics, it was clear that the couple was very liberal. Uh, I would say the wife more so than the husband. He seemed to be sort of center left. And the other gentleman that was sitting with them was clearly center right. And and they were talking about their points of view, who they liked. Uh, and, and, of course, I... Um, had to eventually join into the conversation. <laughs> By the way, not during politics, but it was uh, over picking bourbon because <laughs> they had just been to the bourbon trail in Kentucky. So what did you say to him? So we, we, well, we, we first started talking about bourbon, and, and then you know I said, so like, did you guys go to high school together? And they're like, no, we just met 15 minutes ago. <laughs> and I said, that's so amazing. 
amazing. You seem like you know each other forever. And I've just been observing you and you've been hugging and you've been, you know, talking about, you know, they talked about abortion. They talked about gun rights. Um, they talked about Biden and Trump, by the way. The, 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 the Democrat family does not want Biden to run. And the, uh, the Republican wants DeSantis, not Trump. But, mm. but they're like, yeah, well, why, you know, how do you learn to um, sort of be able to argue your convictions robustly without understanding someone else's point of view? And once in a while, your point of view might even get changed. So it makes no sense to us to not engage with each other on something like that. So I find that to be more normal yeah. uh, than uh, than unusual. Usually not with me, because if somebody gets in front of me and has a different point of view, they suddenly begin to st- speak for all of their friends who have ever said anything. Uh, and so I don't get that luxury. Uh, but I know other people and I watch it happen with uh, with other people. You find that to be true? I do find that to be true. So two weeks ago, uh, Ron DeSantis came to Pennsylvania and he did a speech at the Pennsylvania Leadership Conference. And, you know, the, this is, you know, sort of the heart of the grassroots movement, this event every year held in Pennsylvania. Um, uh, grassroots people come from all over the state to come and, and go to this. Uh, and everyone has spoken to it over the years. This is Ron DeSantis' first time. And I was watching, like I was watching this thing, and there were tons of people with, with, with MAGA hats on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, he's just, hmm, I wonder how this is going to go, right? He brought the house down and, and, and really just um, gave this speech that really spoke to people and was very forward-thinking. And and I saw and I watched you know all the people with the MAGA hats on I'm like okay what are they going and they were the they were the, the first people along with everyone else to stand up and give him standing ovation after standing ovation. So I and you, then I hang on just a sec. I believe that what I said before you were introduced. I saw it. I heard it. Yeah, and I think that's that's true. I I think yes. MAGA people they might want Trump. They might. You know, think I'd really rather have DeSantis, but they're still wearing the hat and they will back Trump or DeSantis if the two of them don't kill each other. Well, here's the interesting thing, Glenn, and because I heard what you said beforehand, I think it's really important that you hear this because this is what I heard over and over again among these voters. They love Trump. Every one of them. Um, Not all of them loved his comportment. But they accepted it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them are saying, look, I loved him. This is nothing against him. However, I'm not looking in the rearview mirror. I am ready to go forward. I'm, I think it's time we went with someone younger. And, and 
they didn't kill each other by being able to have that conversation. Right. And 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 they said, look, if he is nominee, we'll go for it. But and and with the other thing I found, which I thought was so fascinating, back in 2016, there was and and you read all of my stuff. We yeah. talked a lot about it. There was the silent Trump voter, right? Yeah. The person who was afraid to say they were for Trump over Hillary Clinton. Now. <laughs> It's the silent DeSantis. It's the silent DeSantis voter because they think their family is going to get mad because they like him over Trump. Isn't that amazing? Well, and, and one woman put it perfectly. I thought this was so perfect. She said, you know, reporters don't understand it, but we can actually walk and chew gum at the same time. We can still love Donald Trump. We can still have respected and appreciated his presidency and... And I thought that was like, that's it. That's the nugget people are missing. I, I, I think so, too. And I, you know, no matter what happens, I will always have a very soft place in my heart for Donald Trump because that guy has taken a beating yep. for all of us, really. Yep. He's just become yep. the icon of it. He took a beating unlike any person I have ever seen anywhere in politics. Yep. And he's still taking a beating. And so, you know, some people, you know, uh, don't want to say anything because, you know, you don't you, you don't want to tear him down. He's, you know, in a vote against him. Is that tearing him down? I don't no. know. But it it uh, there's great. Lo- I have and I was against him. I have right. great loyalty <laughs> to him. Yeah, I think that people have loyal people are able to separate it. Yes, I think so, too. I have loyal to his loyalty to his ideals. Yes. I have loyalty to what he did, how he stuck his neck up for, out for yes. us. I have loyalty for what he did for this country. And I'm still, we'll always have that loyalty. That doesn't mean I, it does not mean that I don't like him, even though I want someone else to carry the torch forward. These things are much more nuanced than how, reporters tend to generalize things too much and stereotype things too much. And they also are dying for a fight. Like they're dying for a fight. They want to see, they want to see this sort of um, bloodbath between DeSantis and, and Trump and conservatives. They just want to win. Like they just would have had three elections in a row of not winning. And, they're pretty tired of that. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight between us. I just want right. to. I want to elect the guy who's going to fight for us, and that means right. fight in the party. That means you know, fight. I want somebody who's going to stand up and stand up to the Mitch McConnells and the Joe Bidens and the Merrick Garlands and all of those people. Um, and I think, and I think that's where the calculation, like the Trump has understood that, that that sentiment that you're talking about. Unfortunately, I think for conservatives, and it's giving conservatives a bellyache, is that he's also taking it to another Republican. Yeah. And so that ad that you played, my goodness in heaven, I felt like I was uh, listening to the... Um, to the ad that Nancy Pelosi's team ran against Paul Ryan in like mm-hmm. 2009. Mm-hmm. Right? It was yeah. right out of their 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 playbook. And and sort of watching all the stories against 
Ron DeSantis being dropped in the Daily Beast and NBC News is also kind of weird, right? Yeah. Uh, and and so, you know, voters don't miss this. And and I think that they need to, if, if Trump wants to be successful, this is likely not the way to do it. Mm. Selena, thank you so much. It's always great to talk to you. Thank you for um, your... Um, Thank you for your diligence of going on the road and actually listening to people. You're fascinating. You're the most fascinating journalist out there, I think. I'm in Kentucky right now. If people want to follow me, they can just go to selenazito.com and they can see what kind of trouble I'm causing next. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> Selena Zito. Selenazito.com. Thank you so, so much, Selena. She's awesome. I love her. Um, all right. Rough Greens. I think I did an interview with her before I knew who she was. Mm. And uh, it was a big interview. She's going to do a big Sunday expose on me. And we got about 15 minutes into it. And I'm, and I'm like, I think she's honest. I, <laughs> I don't think this is a gotcha piece. But I kept my shield up the whole time. Anyway, uh, Maria writes about her uh, dog's experience with Rough Greens. She said, we love this product. Our dog had really bad skin and allergies. We had already tried all of the recommended treatments, but nothing worked. She had really bad smell. Three days into the trial, we noticed a difference. It's been almost two weeks, and the odor is gone. There's no more itching. Her red bumps are all but gone. Definitely worth the price of Rough Greens. Thank you so much for writing in. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black is the guy who invented this solution. It is Rough Greens. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, all in the doses that your dog needs. They have a special deal right now, roughgreens.com. She was just talking about it. You get a, uh, you get a trial bag for free. You just put it on your dog's uh, food, sprinkle it on top. If he likes it, then you sit back over the months and you're going to, she said two weeks, uh, you're going to start seeing changes in your dog, good changes. All you pay for is shipping for the first bag. So Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com, roughgreens.com slash Beck, roughgreens.com slash Beck or 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. The Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. All righty. So, Stu, you going to see my big fat face in uh, Nefarious this weekend? I'm uh, excited to see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that wasn't an answer to the question. You're going to go this weekend. This weekend is I have important. a lot of things going on this weekend. I have, uh-huh. I have approximately 37 sporting events to go to with the children this weekend, so I do not know if I will get there this weekend. Oh, it's not a sporting event. It's a children's sporting event. Yeah, my favorite players are playing. My favorite gymnast, my favorite ba- baseball and football player, all in action multiple times this weekend. Your favorite Absolutely. A hundred percent. Really? So you're going to be at the draft and you're like, this one, he's the best. He's my favorite. Put him in. Yes, of course. He's yeah. my son and my, and she's my daughter. So yes, that's more than, that's, that's the best a sporting event. Yes, it is. Nah, it's it's freaking fun, man. It really <laughs> is like, you know, it is, but you know what? I love it. Torture. I know what you're saying. It's just torture. Cause it's just all the time. Go, 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 go. Oh, I, and I, I don't mind. I mean, I like sports. You know, if I could have front row seats to see my you know, the Toronto Blue Jays, which are my favorite team, America's team, of course, uh, play every day, Canada. I would love that. And and like you know, 
Zach's my favorite baseball player. Ainsley's my favorite I I, gymnast. But I, I went to Rafe, but all of Rafe's Florida <laughs> or, um, football. I've gone to all of Cheyenne's performances. I love it over and over and over again. But, jeez, give it a rest, kids. <laughs> stop, yeah. stop achieving things. Stop with the achievement. Ugh. Coast a bit. You're in America. It's a new America. <laughs> Coast. They'll give you a cell phone. <laughs> The Glenn Beck Program.